guarantee if there were an ATP, somebody would say, hey, Rome, why did Alan hit you with a you're welcome at the start of hour number two? <laughs> you know, over the years, we've been accused of being a little too inside. The show's not inside. The show is the show. It's like any show. If you know the show, you understand what's going on. It's not inside. We're not locking the gate and keeping you out unless your name is Wells. That right there was inside, though. That was inside. Alvin hitting me with a, you're welcome. (laughs) Hey, Alvin, should I tell them why? Or should we keep it inside? Alvin starts every segment by letting me know what the, quote, traffic is. The traffic is what billboard I have to read, what live spot I have to read, you know, what we have to do as part of the segment. He said, this segment, you have the DraftKings read. I'll handle the disclaimer. You know how when he sometimes pops that disclaimer and it's a little bit speeded up because it's long, we got to get it in? My reaction to him, this is all off air. As the music starts, yeah, that. The music starts, and Alvin says, dude, DraftKings live read, I'll handle the disclaimer. And my response was, well, that's very big of you, Alvin. And then on the air, he hits me with a, you're welcome. That's the inside. (laughs) But, but, full disclosure, sometimes I don't know if he's playing it just for me or if it actually is going out on air. (laughs) Layers. Anyway, that's what that was. All right, so we start hour number two. You know, I spent the entire first hour talking about the association. Well, I spent the first half hour myself talking about the association. Then I found somebody who covers the association, Dan Wojcicki, and I thought that worked out great. That was a really good first hour. So I'm going to start hour number two by talking about, among other things, the Lions. And then I'm going to chase that by talking later on in the hour to a former Lion. I think that'll work well. In the meantime, you know what I'm looking for? A good phone call. Not phone calls, plural, but a good phone call. 1-800-636-8686. Start with one. One will bequeath others, I hope. Hit me up. Also, hit me up on the X at Jim Rome. Email me at Rome, R-O-M-E, at haveatake.com. So, Lions fan, I still did not forget about you. You got some good run yesterday, and you got some really good calls from the D. Really good calls. But you probably didn't get the run you deserved, given that you're now in the NFC Championship game. More NFC Championship appearances than the Dallas Cowboys. In the last 30 years, too, by the way. How about that? One. (laughs) Cowboys haven't been since 95. But the Lions are. So, no, you didn't get enough run on this show. At least that's what you would probably say. And I can't say that I disagree, Lions fan. But I would say this. I would say this to you, Lions fan. You have the mafia's misery to thank for that. You would have gotten a whole lot more run and a lot more attention if not for the Bills' mafia's misery. So, Lions fan, just be happy that you're not the miserable ones this time. If only the mafia misery could be canceled out somehow by Lions euphoria. It wasn't yesterday. But if it could be, or would be, Buffalo would be a much happier place right about now. But that's not how it works, right? The mafia misery isn't even cruel and unusual at this point. 
because I hate to say it, it's become pretty routine, pretty typical. What I'm saying is it is cruel, but it's usual. It's cruel, but it's inevitable, inevitable. which is somehow some way worse. And I made the point yesterday, Mafia, I hate to be the one to point this out, but that window, that championship window, it may have already slammed shut. And then when I went off the air, Josh Allen was saying, no, no, it hasn't. Not, not in response to me, but just in response to this notion that that was their last best chance of this regime. He said, no, we're good. We're good. And what he said was, I still believe in myself. I always will. And I believe in what we have going on here. I know next year's team is going to look different. But no, the window is not slammed shut. Hey, hopefully not. But that to me was their best shot. Now, if it's any consolation to you, Mafia, I'm sure Lions fan felt the exact same way not that long ago. And then all of a sudden, their team started hosting and winning playoff games. And now all of a sudden, they're in the NFC Championship game. It's incredible. Now, Lion fans, I know some of you think, because I heard the phone calls, not only is it incredible, but some of you are so caught up, you think there's no way you can lose in Santa Clara Sunday. Hell, from the sounds of some of your phone calls yesterday, some of you think you already won that game. And not only are making plans to go to Vegas for the Super Bowl, some of you think you've already won the Super Bowl. I'm not saying that these things can't happen. I'm not. I'm not saying that you can't beat the Niners. I'm not saying that you can't win the Super Bowl. I mean, I'm looking at the Lions, and I'm looking about how tough they are, how physical they are, the swag they play with. And frankly, anything is possible. But not to be the wet blanket here or the cooler. You are touchdown dogs for a reason. So let's just not get ahead of ourselves. Just relish in the moment. Enjoy every second of being in the midst of an actual, legit, deep playoff run. Enjoy every second of it. Every second counts. Every second matters. Enjoy every second. Well, except for maybe the last few seconds of that win Sunday. Lions fan, I'm guessing if you were incredibly stressed out during those last kneel downs that ultimately sent your team to the NFC Championship, I can't blame you for that. Because the Lions somehow fudged the hell out of those massive kneel downs. The Lions left their entire asses exposed. I mean, it could have gone really badly. I've got no idea how exactly this happened, but Jared Goff took that final kneel down with 37 seconds left in the game, which would have been fine if Tampa couldn't stop the clock. But the thing about that is the Bucks could. They still had a timeout, which means, and just follow me on this, and I'm sure you've thought about this or heard about this. But what that means is they could have forced a Detroit field goal attempt with more than 30 seconds left. If that field goal misses, Tampa gets the ball back with about 30 seconds left at their own 35 in a one-score game. Now, not the greatest scenario. I'm not saying that would have been a high percentage scenario for Tampa. I'm certainly not saying they would have won the game. I'm not even saying they would have moved the ball even a single inch. I'm just saying that game was not over. That playoff game was not over. Never mind a game. Playoff game. 
playoff game with a chance to play in the conference championship. That game was not over. So why the hell did Tampa act like that game was over? Why the hell did Todd Bowles not use his last time out? The hell was he doing walking off that field with a timeout left in his back pocket? I mean, to quote the great Andrew Brandt, what are we even doing what here? What are we doing here? Like, what are, like, we, what doing? are we doing here? What am I doing here? Like, what am I here for? I mean, what hard enough to imagine here? conceding defeat in the regular season. Like, never give up on anything. But who just decides, hey, man, we're good. Who cares? It's not like we're going to win this game anyway. Why even try? In a playoff game? <laughs> who the hell would think that? I'll tell you who. Todd Bowles, unfortunately. That's who. They already had a field goal and lined up, and there would have been about 12 seconds left on the clock to end the ball game. We weren't going to come back from that. No sense of prolonging the obvious. My man, I, I don't even know where to start. Like, dude, you did such an amazing job with this team this year. An amazing job. Nobody thought they'd be where they were. But that is an all-time terrible take. No sense in prolonging the obvious? They were already lined up for a field goal? We would have had 12 seconds left? My man, did you have someplace you had to be? Someplace you had to go? No sense in prolonging the obvious? You mean giving your team one last chance to win the game? I mean, a long shot, but a chance... All anybody ever wants is a chance. We've seen some crazy bleeping things happen. A chance to win the game with a trip to the NFC Championship game hanging in the balance. Is that what you're saying? Why prolong that? Why give the team a chance for that? Who the hell knows what might happen? Anything could happen. Unless you just give up and you take that timeout with you on the flight to Cancun. Then you know what can happen? Nothing. Nothing. And I got to say, my guy, and again, I want to reiterate, you did a hell of a job this year. I hate that this season ended on this note for you, given how good of a job you did. But my man, your math was off as well. There would have been a lot more than 12 seconds left on the clock. There would have been if you use your timeout. But even if there were only 12 seconds Would giving up still be okay? Giving up at the end of a playoff game? Because you don't want to prolong the obvious? Giving up with time left on the clock. Any time left on the clock. Because there is no sense in prolonging the obvious? Are we being serious here? If there's one second left on the clock. Listen, I don't want to get on this guy. Because again, he did an amazing job this season. Nobody thought that team was going to be anywhere near an NFC Championship game. And they were. And he had that team prepared to play a solid game, a good game, in a really hostile environment in Detroit. But giving up and saying that actually trying to win would have been, quote, prolonging the obvious. No sense of prolonging the obvious. That that just makes no sense at all. It's a brutal way to end the season. A brutal note to end the season on. I mean, just go ahead and ask Bucks fan. Because it's been a massive topic in Tampa since. Bucks fan can't believe that the dude ate his last time out. And I can't blame Bucks fan for feeling that way. Again, I'm not saying, hey, Detroit, don't get it twisted. I'm not saying that you would have lost that game. I'm not saying Tampa Bay would have won that game. I'm saying just play the game out. 
finish the game. Instead of talking about what a great season they had, which is what we should be talking about right now, and how the future's bright, they found their quarterback, they've got their coach. And by the way, they found their quarterback, and they do have their coach. I believe that. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about how this guy would not use his last timeout because, quote, why prolong the obvious? Prolong the obvious. I mean, that's an explanation that makes no sense at all. At all. And I can understand why Bucks fan is upset. It's weird. There's bad clock management, and then there's that. The clock. Saving the timeout for what? Well, that's right. You don't want to prolong the obvious. They were already lining up for the kick. We weren't going to win anyway. How do you know, coach? What if you block that kick? What if they miss that kick? What if you use that timeout? My man, I'm not saying, and I love Baker. I'm not saying you've got Patrick under center, but don't you remember 13 seconds? What if you had 30 or 25? Who knows, man? Give your team a chance. It's never over till it's over, especially with a chance to go to the NFC Championship game. It's never over till it's over, or it's never over until you say it's over because you don't want to prolong the obvious. Don't have to prolong the obvious. Odd. Awkward. Awkward. And there we go again. You see, Lions fans still not getting their love. Yesterday was because of the Bills' mafia misery, and today it's because of the Tampa Bay Bucks. So, Lions fan, do what you did yesterday when you weren't getting enough run from me. Just call the show. Take over. How you feeling about it? It is, it is amazing. Since that intro presser when Dan Campbell showed up and the franchise was beaten down and needed something new, three years to the day of him talking about eating kneecaps, biting kneecaps, they're in the NFC Championship game. It's incredible. Not only in it, but with a chance to win it, even though they're a touchdown dog. Friday will be very interesting when we go big head bets, especially considering the big head suddenly finds himself on a heater. Let me go back to something really quickly. When earlier I talked about Joel Embiid and the fact that Joel Embiid had got that 70. And it's almost like I knew. I knew mid-thought, mid-stream, that there were going to be a number of people coming in saying, so, and, so, and, what's he won? What's he won? What's it matter? Nothing matters without a ring. Like, this, this person, I think, nailed it. Hey, Rome, I knew this was coming. It makes me see red. Wake the hell up. Joel needs help. The problem is not Joel. How dumb can your listeners be, Rome? If he had Jamal Murray, Aaron Gordon, Michael Porter Jr., he would have a ring too. And that's not a shot at Joker. It's just a shot at how dumb your listeners are, Rome. Signed, Franklin in Boulder. Franklin, you're not wrong. I agree. It's just the way things are setting up right now, right? It's kind of like Josh Allen can't get it done. Lamar can't get it done. It's kind of like unless your name, and Brock Purdy is a system quarterback, and they don't win because of him. They win in spite of him. It's like if you're anybody other than Patrick Mahomes, you suck. I mean, it's not that cut and dried.
I'm not saying we can't hold guys accountable. But it's not always as simple as that. Calvin writes, the Bucks didn't have a timeout left. The announcers were wrong. Just like most of you media people are wrong. Are always wrong. I don't know, dude. I did play the Bulls clip. Notice he didn't say, what are you talking about? I had no time out. He said there was no sense in prolonging the obvious. No sense of prolonging the obvious. He didn't say, no, no, what are you talking about? We didn't have a time out. He said there's no sense in prolonging the obvious. No sense of prolonging the obvious. Do you know why he said that? Because he had a time out left. No sense of prolonging the obvious. Unless, like, quote, most of us media guys, the head coach is wrong too, and he just thought that he had a timeout. But then it's even worse. Like, he doesn't know how many timeouts he has left, and then he gave that answer. I don't know, Cal. It sounds to me like your coach knew he had a timeout, but thought, there's no need to use it. Why prolong the obvious? Like, how do you explain that clip? Well, what does that mean? Why did he not correct the assembled media and say, what are you talking about? Hold up here. We didn't have any timeouts. I didn't have any timeouts. What are you talking about? We weren't going to come back. Don't you think that. I would use a timeout if I had a timeout? What are you talking about? Are you accusing me of giving up, Calvin? What do you mean, why didn't I call a timeout? What are we talking because I didn't have one. That's not what he's saying. He's saying, I didn't want to prolong the obvious. But, 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 Calvin, you're right. Most of us media people are always wrong. That's, a, that's the amazing thing. I've never once been right, yet they let me come in here day after day, year after year. They put me in the Radio Hall of Fame, and I've been doing it 30 years. And I'm always wrong. Just kind of kind of reacting to what your coach said, frankly. Canadian Hitman says, enjoy every second. Enjoy every second. Clones to their wives or girlfriends. Oh, good one, Canadian Hitman. I get it. I get it. The, their performances don't last long. Hey, Jimmy, I'd love you to love me. Regards, cheap trick in the 360. Dude, that rules. Sometimes you just need a little cheap trick. Hey, Tommy, where do you come out on a cheap trick? Good band, right? Fun band. Essential, right? Live at Budokan, man. Surrender. How do you not love Cheap Trick? Good job, Chris. Well played. Not only did he not only did he reference Cheap Trick, he signed it regards Cheap Trick in the 360. That's how you do it. You see, Wells, you're still banned. In fact, now you're Wells in the 1080. But dude, if you did things like that, you wouldn't be banned. 
But then again, you can't do things like that, which is why you're banned. Hey, Van Smack, I guess the Bucks should just go ahead and fire Todd Bowles because why prolong the obvious? Vaughn in Knoxville. I'm not saying that, of course. I know you're being funny, but that's not what I'm saying. You heard me say probably three or four times in the midst of that whole ramble, dude did a great job. He did a great job. It's too bad that that's a talking point at the end of the season, which was a great season that nobody expected. All right, when we come back, phone lines are still open. Glover Quinn coming up at 1040. Get on the phones. Hit me up. There's no reason why you can't have two great days in a row on the phones. Yesterday was a great day on the phones. DraftKings. All right, the aforementioned. This is what Alvy and I were talking about. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL playoffs, is bringing you an offer that will help make the playoffs electrifying. New customers can bet 5 bucks on any game and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. What you want to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use the code ROME, R-O-M-E. New customers can bet just 5 bucks and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, you have to use the code ROME, R-O-M-E. The crown is yours. You do have to be present in a state where it's lawful to wager. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility. And deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening. Couple things. Couple things. Snagger. Wells in the 360 is getting more airtime for being banned than he ever would as a quality clone. Will he be mentioned as being banned for life in your upcoming book, too? Otis in Austin. Otis, first of all, you're the one who disappeared for 14 years. Second of all, I'm just throwing the fat kid a bone. He's still banned, believe me. Come on, Otis. All right, now, I'm not bringing back the family, but I will bring back Rat with two T's. You know why that is? We're going round and round again, Alvin. I, I don't know whether or not to thank you, clones... Or smash my head up against a wall. It's because of stuff like this that I can put food on my table. So I'm grateful. I have gratitude. But at the same time, I do feel like I'm smashing my head up against the wall. Rome. Franklin in Boulder is a little off base. We aren't saying Joel has the same supporting cast as Joker. But we are critical of Joel and more so the media and talking heads and fanboys hyping of Joel for a one-game accomplishment and an in-season award which gets a lot of attention compared to Joker and his greatness and what is really important, winning a title. Eric in Castle Rock. I mean, dude, here we go again, which is why I need rat. 
I'm going round and round and round. Eric, you know this show. You listen to this show. Stop grouping me with all the other so-called fanboys in the national media. I said it even in the take. Do you know why, Eric? Because I knew you or somebody like you would come in with that very argument. That's why when I was talking about him and I said, there's a lot of people that owe Joel an apology. Because they were coming at him when he won the MVP last year. And they're going to owe him an apology again this year when he wins it again this year. Because right now he's favored to. And I hard stop. Full stop. Hard pivot. I said it. This is not a shot against the Joker. Who's incredible. And if he were to win, nobody would be surprised. Because nobody should be surprised. Great player. This is not a shot against Giannis. Great player. And dude, you know better, Eric. Eric, not only do you know better, do better. You know we love Joker. You know we do. We hyped him throughout the entire playoff run. Dude, come on, man. Now you owe me an apology. Because you know this is an enormous Nuggets house. And has been for years. You know... I love Mike Malone. You know this is a big Mike Malone house. The problem is, whenever I say anything good about Joel, the Joel police come out of nowhere, but out of the woodwork, and remind everybody, what does he really matter? What is he? He's nothing, man. He's never won at all. I mean, come on already. Enough with that. Your guy gets lots of love here. Plenty of love, and deservedly so. But Joel can too. And he scored 70, and it does matter. And and Tyrese said it best. It's not just that he scored 70. It's what he's doing for this team. Don't take it for granted. He's doing everything. He's making the right basketball play. He's moving the ball. He's playing defense. He's all in. He knows the 70 doesn't mean Jack. You don't have to tell Joel, man. He's obsessed with winning it all. Believe me, he wants it. But I knew that was coming. So like I said, on the one hand, I love it. I love it. Continue to put food on my plate. And I mean that. I don't mean that in a condescending way. I mean, I love it. I love it. But at the same time, I do feel like I'm banging my head against the wall. So I agree with Franklin in Boulder on that take. 1-800-636-8686. Let's see. Looking for a quick phone call before I go to break. Let's go to Tampa quickly. Ryan in Tampa. Good to have you, Ryan. How are you? Hey, Jim. Appreciate it. Uh, Quick quick congratulations on 30 years of Jungle Glory, 30th smack-up coming up to you, the XR4TI, Dodger Jano, Logan Rome, and the other one. Takes a group effort, commitment from everybody. I appreciate you guys. I became a a listener about six years ago, largely because your Baker takes. Uh, he's my favorite athlete. Uh, to the thing about bowls, we actually absolutely could have come back. I saw Baker against Burrow, Burrow's rookie year when he was in uh, Cincinnati and Baker's in Cleveland. Burrow went down, scored 27 seconds to go, no timeouts. Baker went 80 yards for the touchdown to win. This year in Buffalo, we threw a Hail Mary to end the game. It hit Goblin. 
un, not a tip ball, nothing, untouched. Hit Godwin right in the stomach. He just wasn't looking back to catch the ball. But um, anyway, that's all I got him out. Appreciate it. Appreciate you, Ryan. Thank you very much. All fair points. I mean, you never know. And especially Baker, give your guy a chance. Give your team a chance. <laughs> Why prolong the obvious? What's obvious? I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm sure the chances of them executing are not high at all. But finish the game. That timeout is not doing anything sitting there in your pocket. Why would you not use it? I, I don't understand that at all. Let me tell you something. The chances are not high, but they are above 0.0. And if I'm not mistaken, the ball was on the 31-yard line. That's a 48-yard kick. And even as good as kickers are right now, and as high as the conversion rate is beyond 50, that's no gimme. That's no chippy. 48 yards? Anything could happen. What if they miss that kick? And they get the ball at the 31-yard line, and you've got 30 seconds left or a little bit less. I mean, the elements are different, but anything can happen. Don't believe me? Ask Tyler Bass, who erased all of his social media accounts, and I don't blame, I don't blame him. And he owned it. All right, so that's a Bucks fan going, hey, hey, listen, I've seen Baker do things. I've seen Baker pull something like that off. 1-800-636-8686. When we come back, Glover Quinn joins us. He's a former Lions safety, former Texans player, pro bowler, all pro. Big weekend. We'll get his thoughts. First up. Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show on CBS Sports Radio. Did you know that Discover wants everybody to feel special? That's why with your Discover card, you can have access to 24-7 customer service as well as $0 fraud liability, which means you're never held responsible for unauthorized purchases. Learn more at discover.com slash credit card. Limitations do apply. All right. As promised. We are joined right now by a former NFL safety. He played 10 years overall. He played four for the Texans. He played six for the Lions. He was a pro bowler and an all-pro in 2014. He led the league in interceptions in 2014 as well. He is the co-host of the Believe in Lions podcast. He is Glover Quinn. Glover, it's been a minute, but it's great to have you back on, man. How are you? I'm doing great, man. How are you doing? Good, dude. Good. So let me ask you, as a former star player for the Lions, who is still repping the D hard, how hyped are you about this Lions team and for the opportunity they have this weekend in Santa Clara in the NFC title game? Man, this is uh, this is crazy, honestly. It's just super exciting to uh, to see what this team has, has done, uh, everything they've achieved and accomplished this year, and you know to be able to go out there and, and, and watch it live um, be there in this moment to take it in. I mean, it's just exciting. You know, it's a long time coming, and I'm just really happy for these guys, man. 
You know, I'm glad you brought that up that you were out there to see it live. Like you were at Ford Field for both playoff wins. And I saw you try to capture some of that incredible vibe on social media. Like you were a part of some big wins in that stadium. But did anything in your career come anywhere near how loud and electric that joint has been in this playoff run? Um, I mean, I can't really say that we got anywhere close to that. I know we had um, 2016, I think we had a winner-take-all game against uh, Green Bay uh, the last game of the season, that one was a pretty big game in that moment. Um, but I mean, the level that the stands are, the fans are right now, and the, and the you know the environment that's in Ford Field right now is it's it's unmatched to what you know I've seen or been a part of. And so it's just like I said, it's a lot of pent up energy, a lot of a lot of pent up cheers that um that's coming out right now and you know the the guys are feeding off of it um it's just been a beautiful representation of the city and i think it just shows that man you know you just stick with it hard work eventually pays off sometimes it takes longer than others but it eventually pays off and it's just you know great for the city great for the community and um, like I said, I'm just really happy for these guys. I agree with you. Clover Quinn's joining us. I agree with you. I think it's great for the community. It's great for the city. I think that's a great football town that's been waiting a long, long time. You know what's interesting to me? Like, we talk about the Patriot way. We talk about, I had Kyle Van Noy on yesterday. We talk about the Raven way. It seems to me like there is now becoming a Lion way, but it's a different sort of way, right? Can you get into this? Like, it's a super physical kind of way. Like, it's a really physical brand of football. It may not be for everybody but there's a certain way they go about doing it and the way they win. Is that the way you see it? And can you describe that and break that down? I mean, I think, you know, Dan Campbell has came in and and really put his stamp on this team. And Dan Campbell really represents the the city of Detroit, really, in in his whole demeanor, his work ethic, hard-nosed, gritty, blue-collar. That's the city of Detroit. You know, it's a bunch of hard-working people they just put their head down and just grind it out, and that's the type of team that he's built, and that's the type of culture that he's created. And I think when you play for the team like that, you're fighting for so much respect. You're fighting for so much uh, national respect. So you just kind of have that chip on your shoulder, and you just go out, and you just do things in a real Detroit type of way. And I think that's what the city is about. You know, the, the Detroit city doesn't get a lot of great reviews nationally and so to have this opportunity to showcase how great the city is how great this team has become and just continue to have that chip on your shoulder is is exactly what dan campbell is exactly what this team is and it's exactly what the city is. Clover Quinn joining us, breaking it down. So when you look at that matchup, as I mentioned, it's a tremendous opportunity. Now, San Francisco is a one seed and a one seed for a reason. What areas do you think the Lions can exploit against the Niners? Where do you give them advantage or the advantage over San Francisco? You know, at this point, I think it's just it's going to be a great matchup. It's going to be a tough game. I think, you know, the 49er team, their defense, they, they've been great. All uh, all year, you know, offensively they've been well. They have weapons all across the board. Um, I think the thing for the the Lions, they got to really play their game. They got to do what they've done to get here. They got to run the ball well. They got two incredible running backs in Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery. They got to do that. Jared Goff has to continue to play exceptional in the playoffs. Hasn't turned the ball over yet. Making great throws, great reads, understanding what's going on. Amon Rossine Brown's going to have to do what he do. Um, Sam Laporte is going to have to do what he do. I think they're going to have to get maybe one or two big plays over the top 
to Jamison Williams to help open up some things underneath and penetrate that defense. And then offensively, I think, you know, if Debo Samuel doesn't play, that really, really, really slows down the 49ers offense. And, and I feel like that gives the, the Lions defense, you know, a little advantage over them. They got plenty of weapons as well. Christian McCaffrey, obviously, Brock Purdy, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, all these guys, they have guys. But Debo Samuel is really what makes that, that offense tick. So I'm really watching to see what his status is going to be. And if he can't go, I, I think that, that definitely boosts the lines a little bit more. And you beat me to it. I was going to ask you about that because we don't know about his status and we're not going to know about his status. But as many playmakers as they have, there's nobody like Debo Samuel. Like, how different is that offense without him? We saw them go 0-3 earlier in the year. Trent Williams obviously also was down. That hurts. But how different is that Niner offense without Debo? Uh, they're very different. You know, I think that just takes that just takes more eyes uh, off of him and on to other guys like a George Kittle and like a Christian McCaffrey. And I think, you know, when you look at a guy like Debo Samuels who can take a short pass and turn it into a long touchdown, you know, George Kittle is a, is a very explosive tight end as well. But I think you're okay with George Kittle having seven or eight catches for 45 to 50 yards, maybe even 80 yards. I think you're okay with that if you can keep the big plays off of you from Christian McCaffrey and you can keep the big plays off of you from a Brandon Ayuk. And so I think they'll be okay with George Kittle having that type of date if they don't have to deal with Debo Samuel and we can slow down Christian McCaffrey. So adding Debo Samuels now, that opens up more things for George George Kittle because your focus really has to be on Debo and all the different things they can do with him in the backfield, out wide, he's in the return game. He really opens up a lot. I mean, you look at the three-game losing streak that the 49ers had earlier in the season – Debo Samuels was absent for all of those games. So he really, really makes that offense go. I'm not surprised, dude, but you are on it. Glover Quinn joining us. You know, let me ask you about the running backs that you mentioned. Two really good running backs. I want to ask you about Jameer Gibbs. A lot of draft analysts thought that the team reached in taking him number 12 overall. Do those same analysts owe him an apology? And what has he meant to the offense? I mean, he, yeah, I mean, they definitely owe him apology, but at the end of the day, I, I, I saw him, and I saw him in Alabama. I liked his, I liked his style, I liked his game. And then when we drafted him, I was like, wow, that's a really, really, really good pick because you need guys like that. He's so dynamic in the run game, and he's dynamic in the passing game. And I think a lot of people get confused and think just because he's a fast guy, he's a quick guy, that he always has to be on the edge. You see the touchdown run he had against Tampa Bay. He's one cut downhill, and he's on the safety, and he's outrunning him to the end zone. And so he has the size to be able to run between the tackles. He has the quickness. He has the burst. He has the agility to be able to put one foot in the ground, i.e. Arian Foster back in the days that can put that one foot in the ground and get north and south, and now he's making the move on your safety. So Jameer Gibbs has definitely – been a bright spot in this in this offense. I know they've complained about him not getting enough touches or things like that. But I've said all along they've they've brought him along nicely. They've preserved his body. He he should feel really good right now. He hasn't got banged up all season, and I think he's in a spot right now to where he can really be you know an X factor in this offense. So, Glover, one last thought. I think Brad Holmes has done an amazing job of putting that roster together and doing so with some young players. What about rookie Brian Branch, who played your position? He's at safety. What do you make of the job he's done? He's done a really, in my opinion, he's been great. What do you think, though? Man, he's been incredible since game one. I mean, he had the, the pick six 
against Patrick Mahomes on opening day. He's been consistently good all year. You know, obviously you're going to have some games that are better than others, but he's been productive in almost every game that I've seen. He's played well. To be a safety and to be able to match up in the slot against some of these dynamic slot receivers, some of these big-time tight ends, and to be able to hold your own over the course of a season as a rookie is incredible. And I think, you know, he has a really, really bright future. He's a smart guy, loves football, loves to play the game. And those are the type of guys that Brad Holm has. There, he has guys that love to play. They're young. They're hungry. They got a chip on their shoulder, and they're talented. They're very, very, very talented. I mean, this is a great class. I mean, like I say, you look at these guys. You got Jameer. You got Brian. You got Sam Laporte. You got Jack Campbell. Like this is a great, great rookie class, and all those guys are contributing well for this team. And Brian Branch is right there at the top. It's amazing. It looks very sustainable, too. He led the league in interceptions in 2014. He was a Pro Bowler that year. He was an All-Pro that year. He's got a podcast, the Believe in Lions podcast. Glover Quinn, my guest. My man, you were always great to have on this show when you played. Great still as an analyst right now. Really appreciate you. Great to get caught up, and I hope we can do it again soon, man. Thanks so much. All right, man. Thank you guys for having me. Good talking to you, Glover. Always. That was so good. Love that. Great energy. Great analysis. That's just, that was a really good player who's a really good dude and really smart and locked in. Lions fan, do you feel better? Are you getting your run now? Now you can react to that. How do you feel about your chances? What do you think is going to happen? And that Debo Samuel question is a big question. So much so that I know not even to get into it with the head. Sometimes early in the week, I'll say to the head, hey, what's your lean? What are you thinking? Where are you at? I I know not even to bring it up with him. I know not to bring it up with anybody. Debo Samuel is that important. Not saying they can't win without him, but they were 0-3 without him. The guy is so important to what they do. And yeah, they've got other playmakers, and they're dangerous. And without even knowing, by the way, without even knowing what his status is, the spread is still 7. That's how good they are. And they're at home, and the weather's going to be better. But Detroit is not afraid. They've got a swagger. They're physical as hell. But you can throw on them. We know this. But they make plays. And they believe. Stay tuned. Stay tuned.